0: Welcome back to another very special episode of what is truth. This is another entry into our interview series and a very special one at that. Not very often do I get to sit down with somebody as prominent as Dr. Stephen C. Meyer and talk apologetics but that is exactly what this episode is. This is about an 18 to 20 minute segment I did with Dr. Meyer while my friend Oliver and I were interviewing him for our faith talk podcast. If you want to hear more from Dr. Meyer and our conversation we had with him you can check out that faith talk episode. If you don't know who Dr. Meyer is, he's a prolific writer, scientist, philosopher, and he has written a number of books, including titles such as Signature in the Cell, uh, Darwin's Doubt, and most recently, Return of the God Hypothesis, which is a phenomenal book that I really enjoyed reading. And it is about three scientific discoveries that reveal the mind behind the universe. If you are interested in science, if you are interested in the pursuit of truth through science, this would be a great episode for you. I'm very grateful to Dr. Meyer as well as Emily for making this happen. And without further ado, enjoy my interview with Dr. Stephen C. Meyer. All right, I am sitting here with Dr. Stephen C. Meyer for What is Truth? I'm very glad that you decided to click on this video. I wanted to ask you just right off the start, because we are going to be talking about the concept of truth. Um, Pilate asked that question to Christ before he was crucified. What is truth? You're a scientist. You're you're involved in the theory of intelligent design. What is
1: your response to that question? Well, that's a very abstract, philosophical question in a way. Um, I, I will press it, preface my answer by... Uh, telling you that I had the opportunity uh, three years ago to uh, tour some sites in Jerusalem, and one of the archaeologists that works with us at Discovery Institute, Titus Kennedy, mm-hmm. is ha- has worked with, um, well, ha- as a PhD supervisor, Shimon Gibson, a prominent Israeli archaeologist, who has found the first century Roman Praetorium, the administrative center in Jerusalem, where uh, he has also found as part of that find um, the bema seat, the judgment seat, where Roman governors at that time would have made pronouncements in trials, and it is actually therefore almost certain that this is the very site where that conversation between Pilate and Jesus of Nazareth took place, where Pilate uh, said somewhat derisively, "What is truth?" Yeah. And uh, in uh, at that same site. There's also a very distinctive kind of paving stone that was mentioned in the in John's Gospel in particular. In the Aramaic word for it was was the the Gabbatha paving stones, and so that's been discovered near the bema seat, and the, the site of the the uh, the the the, 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 uh, the topography of this site is pretty much exactly what you would imagine if you. Uh, upon reading the the gospel narratives of the trial. The Vima Seed is in a raised area, there's an area below where a crowd would have, or could have stood, and it's quite a striking archaeological find. I just thought I'd I'd, I'd mention that um, since you're interested in that phrase that Pilate so famously uttered. Um, I take a simple correspondence view of truth. Uh, A a, a statement is true uh, if and only if what it affirms about reality matches reality, okay? Mm-hmm. So if a statement is made about trees mm-hmm. and what is said about trees match what is true <laughs> about trees, then the statement is true. Yeah. If, if the, the, the statement describing the attributes of trees match what the attributes of trees actually are, then the statement is true. It's a simple correspondence view. Yeah. And, and all
0: of this endeavors like science, and I would argue philosophy, and even in forms of religion, is, is pursuing truth. You're trying to find what is true about the objective world. And we had talked in a, another video that I'll link to at the end of this, the idea of science and faith contradicting. Um, when you're a scientist, right, you're, you're trying to find what's true about the world, right? And as a historian, you're looking for what's true about what happened in history. You,
1: you, you um, want to learn things about mm-hmm. subjects in the world. And then you want to state things about those subjects that match mm-hmm. the attributes or features or uh, reality of the, the subjects. So you want your your theories or your inferences or your hypotheses a, to, uh, as you state them, to describe reality, to match reality. That's the that's the object. Yeah, and I think something that's interesting in the world today. You want to investigate is, things yeah. to learn about them, mm-hmm. and then you want to. St- things about what you have learned that match the reality of what you've been studying. Right. And and when you're doing that,
0: I've heard a lot of people say, for example, I've heard, well, science is the only path to truth, or even philosophy is the only path to truth. Do you think there's only one path to truth, or do you have to take it all together, cumulatively? Well, what, what, what exactly is meant by the word science in that case? Right. So I guess, how would you define science? I guess that's a good question.
1: Well, I, I think there's been a whole lot of confusion among, about this issue of defining science, mm-hmm. and it, it becomes a word that's rarefied, science, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Are we talking about, uh, we, we don't really have science, we have scientists mm-hmm. who are trying to learn about the world, okay? Yeah. So science as an abstract entity is not all that interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and we can t- talk about it as if it's a something when it's really just mm-hmm. people trying to understand the world using certain Mm -hmm. systematic methods of investigating nature. So I would say science is a systematic method. Science usually involves systematic methods, Mm -hmm. plural, of investigating uh, things about the natural Mm -hmm. world. It's structure, it's origin, it's uh, how one part of the natural world is different from another part. It's classification. Um, It's a systematic study of nature.
0: So when we look at science and how far, I guess the question. I'll but
1: instance, but, we'll but the classically, comment. the word science means is right. from is means It's, it's knowledge. Sure. It means knowledge. So sure. it's, it's the attempt to to uh, acquire knowledge about the mm-hmm. natural world. The reason I'm bristling a little bit yeah. about this is that there's <laughs> there's some mischief done sure. around the the defining of science. Mm. So people will say intelligent design is not scientific. It's maybe it's a it, it's not a scientific idea mm-hmm. or it's just not it's just not science. Well what does mm-hmm. what's meant by that? Does it mean that there's no evidence for intelligent mm-hmm. design? Well that's not what's meant. No, it's what's meant is that there's some abstract definition of science right. by which we can evaluate whether an idea is or is not scientific, and your idea, you mm-hmm. proponents of intelligent design, does not meet that abstract definition. But the people making these claims rarely uh, explain what that, what is the, the, they rarely tell you what definition of science they are tacitly assuming, Mm -hmm. and when they do, their definitions do not do the work that they think they can do to disqualify a theory independent of an evaluation of the evidence. For example, many people will say intelligent design isn't science because it invokes an unobservable entity, Mm -hmm. namely a designing mind that acted a long time ago and therefore we can't observe it. Well, that sounds superficially uh, plausible, except that Darwinian evolution also invokes unobservable past transitional intermediates that don't show up in the fossil record and past mutational events that are merely uh, inferred but not seen. And many, many scientific theories infer what can't be seen or observed from what can be seen in order to explain what can be seen. We posit unobservable entities because of the explanatory power they provide if they are, in fact, real. Mm-hmm. And so, But the case for intelligent design, indeed the case for God, is no different in, in principle than that way of reasoning which is very common in science. So we infer an unobservable designing intelligence from what we have observed about the complexity of cells for example so um, so anyway the attempt to settle the debate by saying that is or is not science I think is unfruitful what we really want to know getting back to your theme yeah. is is a given theory true or not is it which theory is more likely to be true to, irrespective of how we want to classify the theory whether we some people will say, well, that's a metaphysical hypothesis, or that's a philosophical hypothesis, or that's a, that's a religious hypothesis, or that's pseudoscience. I'm not really mainly concerned. I think we, don't, we should not be mainly concerned about classifying mm-hmm. ideas or, or, uh, or theories, but rather evaluating them to find out whether or not they are most likely to be true, given the, the other competing hypotheses on offer and the evidence that lies before us.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of clarity, because a lot of terms are hard to define these days. But I think it's occurring to me now where the prompt came from, because I was listening to a podcast on similar topics to this. And one of the questions submitted by a listener was, can you prove Jesus through science? And the guy on the podcast basically says, no, you you can't, because we're talking about history, not science. Um, Now, there there are things, first
1: of all, do you agree with that? Well, it's just a very confused question. Here's another mm -hmm. way of phrasing the question that's equally interesting, Mm -hmm. as or more interesting. Is there historical evidence for uh, the existence and life, teachings, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Mm -hmm. of Nazareth? Yes. And, and through history we can
0: I think safely conclude that, right? So then if someone Well, I mean someone
1: are, would want to quibble whether safely or not, but I would say there's very strong evidence yes. for the for yes. the historical reliability mm-hmm. of the gospel narratives that tell us about the birth, life, mm-hmm. death, resurrection, teaching, and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. There's there's very good evidence. Mm-hmm. A very good book on this that's just come out is excavating the evidence for Jesus Mm -hmm. by Dr. Titus Kennedy Mm -hmm. uh, the very archaeologist who took me to see the Bemacy. Yes. I mean, for example did you know that in addition to evidence uh, establishing the very place of the trial of Jesus Mm -hmm. we know from extra-biblical sources of evidence extra-biblical sources of information evidence outside the Bible of the key figures the six key figures in the trial of Jesus Uh, the pilot for example is well known from Roman sources but also from an extraordinary archaeological find in 1961 the famed pilot stone that was overturned when some uh, construction workers were building a shopping mall in Caesarea Mm. uh, Maritima and they turned it over and there was an inscription placed on the stone from Pilate. In tribute to Tiberius Caesar, mm-hmm. placing him in Judea as the governor at the right time, at the right in the right mm-hmm. place, under the Roman emperor, attested mm-hmm. in the Bible. For example, in Luke's Gospel, it tells us that Pilate was the governor of Judea at the time when Tiberius mm-hmm. was was the emperor. So, uh, and there's there is a uh, the, the the burial crypt of of uh, Caiaphas has yeah. been discovered with his name on two sides. Mm-hmm. Under the traditional site of the high priest's home, Uh, we have ample evidence of Herod uh, Antipas from coins. Uh, Annas, the other high priest, is well known and attested by archaeological finds. But even Jesus himself with uh, the extra biblical sources such as Josephus and Tacitus and Pliny and others, but also archaeological inscriptions which are very hard to come by on on at least one and probably two stone ossuaries, Jesus of Nazareth is mentioned um, as, in one case, as the brother of James, the, who is the son of Joseph. So he's, he's, he's mentioned, the, the whole family of Jesus is mentioned on an ossuary that appears to be the burial crypt of, of James, who's mentioned yeah. in the New, po- New Testament as the, the half-brother of Jesus. So there's just an extraordinary amount of evidence that, uh, when, when the Caiaphas burial crypt was discovered, I was teaching a course called Reasons for Faith, mm-hmm. And doing quite a lot on biblical archaeology, and I remember going on quite a, a lengthy rant in front of my students, saying, "You have no right to expect this level of corroboration mm-hmm. for any document that old, and yet you have all these independent lines of evidence corroborating the the gospel narrative, and in particular, the most important part of the gospel narrative, the the uh, the." Uh, the account of Jesus' trial and death by crucifixion and ultimate re- resurrection—I mean, it's just quite extraordinary. So,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the gospel accounts really are un, unrivaled in their amount of evidence. And something when I was talking about on on somewhat on theme, you have the. The evidence of pericardial effusion with Christ when he was when the spear was put in his side because you have blood and water come out and in Gethsemane you have him sweating blood as well aren't those now known modern medical conditions? Uh, I understand that, but only
1: uh, by uh, secondary. I think there's a a physician Alex Metherall who's Mm -hmm. uh, who's done quite a lot on that. But uh, I've been uh, mainly interested in the archaeological attestations to the basic factual. Pattern described Mm -hmm. in the God. I mean, the we know places that were discussed in the Gospels that were uh, that have been discovered only since the 1890s. They Mm -hmm. they were buried for nearly 2,000 years, and then as the British began to excavate the Holy Land, or sometimes these things would would come to light. Mm -hmm. Um, This. Praetorium that I told you about with the Bema Seat is just one of many examples of that. The Pool of Bethesda, the Pool of Siloam, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the style of, K, uh, of tombs in and around Jerusalem match the, the description in the Book of John in a very precise way. Paul's uh, uh, missionary journeys, which are well attested in the mm-hmm. Book of Acts, um, involve him encountering all kinds of Roman officials with very specific types of titles and names. And those people turn up in the archaeological record. So it's it's just extraordinary. And this uh, external corroboration does not just apply to uh, the New Testament. Every period of biblical history now has extensive uh, extra-biblical documentation and corroboration. So uh, you may reject the Bible's message for many reasons, but it really is no longer plausible to reject it for lack of corroborating evidence, and I think there's also uh, kind of a self-validating nature of much of the biblical witness because of things like the, um, the, the so-called designed, undesigned coincidences argument that has been revived by Tim and Lydia McGrew and Peter Williams, the Cambridge uh, uh, lecturer in New Testament who's the head of the Tyndall House, so there's just so much there to investigate. So we don't, only scratch the surface in the short... But it does underscore that um, that there is truth to be found in investigating these topics, and it is somewhat, therefore, ironic that Pilate would challenge Jesus of all people yeah. to to answer that question. But
0: especially since Christ is the one who claimed that He was the truth itself. There is a
1: personification of truth mm-hmm. in, in the life and in the person of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: well, like, like you mentioned it is short time there's so much we can go into and if you want to hear more from Dr. Meyer we do have a full episode of our Faith Thought podcast on this you can check that out it'll be linked at the end and where can people find you as well
1: well I my main recent book is Return of the God Hypothesis and there's a website there returnofthegodhypothesis.com but I also have book websites for my previous two big books uh, Darwin's Doubt and Signature in the Cell I think we're we're, we're, we're uh, Featuring them there on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah. And I would recommend two people. for I, I'm not an expert. Uh, I'm not a specialist in, in the sure. archaeology related mm-hmm. to the Bible. I have a strong avocational interest in it. I've taught mm-hmm. courses on this for years. But for people who are interested in that, I would recommend the work of my colleague, Titus Kennedy, mm-hmm. who is a, a researcher at the Discovery Institute. And his two books are uh, Excavating the Evidence for Jesus, and unearthing the Bible and the subtitle of that one is 101 artifacts that something something tell the story of the Bible and it's very very interesting compendium of the many many things that have been found from that are documenting different periods of biblical history as recorded in the Bible he has a third book coming out in the trilogy on places in the New Testament that have been discovered so places described in the New Testament narrative that turn up in in history or in archaeology once once they're excavated, such as the Pilate, yeah. uh, or, or the, uh, sorry, well, the Pilate stone, but I meant more the, um, the, 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 Praetorium. the Praetorium and the Bemis Seat, where Pilate yeah. and Jesus had their famous discussion about what is truth. Well, thank you, Dr. Meyer, and thank you so much, all of those who tuned in,
0: and I hope you'll tune in next time for more stuff on what is truth. God bless.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, thank you.